Hi there. Thank you so much for joining me today. Before we get started with our amazing guest, I want to tell you about a brand new disability awareness educator's guide that I am so excited to announce. It's published through National Professional Resources, Inc., and it's a trifold laminated beyond disability awareness and educator's guide that really takes everything that you will find in my books and on the podcast and just gives you, it's kind of like cliff notes of disability awareness in a way that's respectful and founded in research and a social justice lens. So if you're interested in checking it out, you can go to dianapastoracarson.com slash store, and you'll find a link there. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Beyond Awareness, Disability Awareness That Matters podcast. I'm your host, Diana Pastora Carson. Here you'll find a safe space to learn and grow with leaders in education, disability studies, disability advocacy, and diversity, equity, and inclusion conversations. Specifically, we look at how disability fits into diversity, equity, inclusion, access, and belonging, and how to frame disability awareness in the context of educating K through 12 communities. This show serves educators, parents, and community members who strive to learn and or teach about disability in a research-based and respectful way, moving beyond simple awareness and diving into inclusive and socially responsive conversations. Now let's go beyond awareness. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Beyond Awareness, Disability Awareness That Matters. I am so honored to have our guest here today, Richard Riemann of Imagination Storybooks. Welcome, Richard. Thank you, Diana. Great to be here. So let's start with you just telling us a little bit about yourself and about Imagination Storybooks and the journey you took to get to the point that you're at. Sure. Um, well, growing up, I wanted to be Superman, but I couldn't fly. So I decided <laughs> to be, I decided to be Clark Kent instead and began a long career in radio news uh, as an anchor and correspondent, uh, which led me to storytelling in front of microphones to do narrate audiobooks, um, which led me to my current project, which is imagination storybooks, making uh, children's illustrated books accessible to blind, deaf, and neurodiverse children. Because once they're chapter books, all children can listen to them. But there are very, very few, almost none, of the illustrated picture books that are made accessible by adding audio description of the pictures for blind children and uh, sign language and captions for deaf children. Well, how did you even think about that? So many of us do not even recognize that that is a barrier to a lot of students, a lot of children. 
Well, actually, it began with my uh, late wife, Nancy, who uh, was a special education teacher. Mm. And she, you know, reminded me all the time when I'm doing these audiobooks of the inaccessibility of these books uh, to blind children because they can't see the wonderful pictures. And that's how we really started out. When she passed, she created the Nancy Hine Giving Fund. And that's what funded the nonprofit and got us started. Um, she was, you know, uh, so happy that we were going to help the over 5 million children with special needs in the US between the ages of three and eight who desperately need access to these illustrated audio and video books. Oh, what a joyous and what an amazing contribution that her. Um, passion for these students has for these children has made and so you've carried that on what so what did you do how did I mean you have quite an operation so tell us how that came about well uh, to found a nonprofit is uh, you know is <laughs> anybody who's done it knows it's a it's a tough journey especially when you're trying to do it at a time of COVID um, so uh, it, it took a while to get us going, but we actually have been in business uh, just over two years now and have produced over 150 audio and video books that are accessible to children. And, you know, we are mainly volunteers, uh, volunteers, all of our narrators, with the exception of a few who are blind or low vision themselves are volunteers. Uh, some of the top narrators in the country, because I've been an audiobook narrator for many, many years, have volunteered their voices mm. to narrate these children's books because they're usually 10 to 15 minutes long. Uh, so it's not a huge investment of their time, but they've been very generous. And it makes it sound so professional to mm. have these truly professional voices and then we, we have vendors who do our audio editing, our video editing, our audio description writing. Uh, we have writers who actually work for Netflix and HBO and live theater uh, who write audio description. And they love our projects because they don't have the time constraints they have. When they do audio description for a TV show, they have to put it in, in between the dialogue. Right. Uh, the quick descriptions. Well, with this, with these children's illustrated books, we can give them time to richly describe what these pictures are all about. Hmm. So you you mentioned that you have video books and audio books. Yes. Uh, so can you, for our listeners, just tell us the main distinctions between the two types of storybooks that you offer? Yes, we uh, we started out with the concept of doing audiobooks for blind children. And uh, we quickly learned when you talk about blind children, 85% um, of them are not totally blind. They have some vision. So if you do a video for them, showing the pictures from the book and describe it and tell the story, they can follow it. Mm -hmm. um, because they can see as much as they can see, and it's a good experience for them. And then we found out from the deaf community that uh, especially 
special ed teachers that there are so few books and resources available to them uh, with the sign language in the video and the, the captions. So deaf children can see the book being signed and they can see the words and also the picture of the illustration. Um, so it's good for deaf children. And then the third thing we found was that neurodiverse children, autistic children, dyslexic children, uh, those who have some challenges uh, with the way they learn, um, they can follow our videos because instead of fast animation going by and, and lots of music and noise, and um, it is simply one picture being described, the story being told, and then the next picture being described and the story being told. And it's easier for them to follow. Wonderful. I was wanting to be able to provide listeners with a comparison of a regular reading of a book versus an accessible audio reading that Imagination Storybooks offers. As I was browsing your website, I found that you already have a comparison video. And so would it be okay if we go ahead and take a quick listen? Sure. So here's an example of before and after we add accessibility, just someone who's reading the story very well. And then what happens when we are able to add what we do. Here's an example of before one page taken from if I were your angel narrated by Michelle Moras as a simple read along. If I were your angel, I'd use my harp to strum you notes, both flat and sharp. Fill your ears with joyful song so you can clap and sing along. Now here's the after. We add audio description of the pictures for blind children, captions, and simultaneous American Sign Language interpretation for deaf children. The after is a different experience. If I were your angel, I'd use my harp to strum notes, both flat and sharp. Fill your ears with joyful song so you can clap and sing along. Birds soar above pink-tinged clouds. Music staffs with notes on them float like ribbons in the sky. Seated on a fluffy cloud, a girl reaches out to a bird as it flies past through the blue expanse, chasing a stray note. Wow, wow. What a beautiful, fun, multidimensional, accessible way to read a book. It is a truly different experience of how a book is, is delivered uh, because I've had many of the authors tell me they didn't even see some of the things in their own illustrations right. until it was described to them. They didn't know that, you know, that the little bird was there or, you know, they, that there was a, you know, uh, two aliens playing golf on the moon in the background. <laughs> uh, so, so we really, um, we really try to make it, uh, and I use the word rich, a, a richer experience um, because you can, you really get, into the pictures being described 
And of course, the addition of the, um, the sign language um, for children yeah. just learning sign language, there are not a lot of things for them uh, at the children's illustrated book level. Uh, so there are some YouTube videos, but uh, the quality will vary. Certainly uh, people try, but this is the professional production way of doing it. Mm. You know, when I talk about disability awareness with teachers and families, I, I say, you know, it's not about disability awareness. It's about access awareness. And that's what you are doing at Imagination Storybooks is you are committed to ensuring that all children have access to the richness and, and all the value there is in literature, children's literature. And you mentioned, you know, that the ASL interpretation for, for those who are listening right now, you can't see the screen, but Richard and I are on screen and you shared your, your video, your screen, and it's, it's an actual video of the book and the pages, you can see it. And there is a sign language interpreter on the screen signing so that the, the book is accessible to a deaf or hard of hearing child as well. Yes. And Diana, there is something that is also critically important for the blind children. Uh, the National Federation of the Blind in their latest study says 90% of blind children are not learning Braille. Hmm. Um, they are being mainstreamed into schools and their IEPs and, and special ed programs are supposed to help them. Well, you know, so they don't actually get to read these books in Braille anymore. And certainly most of the children's picture books in Braille don't have descriptions of the pictures. It's just mm -hmm. the story. Um, so we are trying to fill that gap for all of the blind and low vision children who are not learning Braille or don't have access to uh, Braille files. We are also providing a downloadable Braille file of every book that we do oh. for those parents and teachers who want to print out a copy of the book with audio description for their blind children who know Braille. Oh, that is fantastic. Thank you for doing that. Wow. And I really had never thought of that. So thank you also for pointing that out that, you know, you're filling in a gap that is so um, missing. That just well, and just, just like curb cuts were created for um, wheelchairs and now everyone uses them for bicycles and strollers and ramps created for uh, disabled people. We are creating these audiobooks with audio descriptions of pictures that can be used by all children. And we've created a storybooks club you can join to get access to all of these books in audio, in video, and in podcast format. Hmm. Have you encountered any barriers in getting buy-in from the community or spreading the word? Well, no um, problems at all with oh, reaching the blind and deaf communities themselves and even the neurodiverse community. Where the trouble comes in is the publishing community. 
publishers. Mm. Book publishers are reluctant to make their children's picture books accessible because number one, they don't think they'll make enough money. The audience won't be big enough for it. And number two, they say they have to redo their agreements with their authors because they don't allow them to do an accessible version of the book. Um, so, you know, we have an advisor who used to work at Scholastic for 20 years and she said, well, you know, you're trying to appeal to the publisher's hearts and they don't have any. Uh, they have pocketbooks. So we have to make it worth their while, even buy the rights to these books, raise enough money to be able to purchase the right to a book to make it accessible. And that's what we're also trying to wow. do uh, right now. Wow. Thank you. Do you have a burning desire to have a more equitable and inclusive school culture? Are you a person who understands the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion work in schools? But when it comes to disability, you're just not sure you know the right things to say and do. Maybe you're a special education teacher or a general education teacher, a specialist or an administrator, and you may know a lot about disabilities, but not necessarily about the experience of being disabled by society. You're interested in disability awareness that will actually make a difference, but you feel stuck. Maybe you're still experiencing a lack of guidance and lack of research-based disability awareness materials or strategies. Maybe you're seeing segregation on your campus and a lack of belonging for all students. Maybe you feel frustrated due to resistance to inclusion, and you're afraid that you're not qualified to lead the charge for disability inclusion in your DEI work. You know there's got to be a better way, but you're not sure what it is. If this is you, then I have a couple things that might be helpful to you. First off, I invite you to take advantage of my free resource called The Five Keys to Going Beyond Awareness. All you have to do is go to gobeyondawareness.com slash keys, and I'll send you my important tips for starting your journey toward a more inclusive school culture. And if you've already started the journey and are wanting more to keep you grounded and moving forward in disability awareness that is based in dignity, respect, and research, then head over to gobeyondawareness.com and sign up for my compact digital Beyond Awareness course filled with valuable information and resources. In it, you'll learn the foundations of disability awareness strategies that align with research so you can feel confident in your diversity, equity, access, inclusion, belonging, and disability awareness endeavors. Again, just head on over to gobeyondawareness.com. What do you think the benefit of imagination storybooks will be in the lives of children who are blind and deaf, neurodiverse, and other children? Why is this so important? Because it's a critical time in a child's educational development. The ages we're talking about, three to eight, they need to be exposed to the children's storybooks we heard when we were growing up. Um, we just did an accessible version of Winnie the Pooh. Well, our 
blind audio editor um, said that that's the first time he's heard really good descriptions of what Winnie the Pooh looks like, Eeyore, mm. and all, and Owl, and all the other characters. And we're also doing the accessible Wizard of Oz. And you know, they don't describe the cowardly lion in the movie. Uh, he's, you know, he's just there, and and uh, he's a lion. But you know, of course, there's much more to how he looks. And so that's why we're, yeah, we see the importance of adding audio description of the pictures for both the audio uh, versions and video versions. Um, we, you know, we're, we're really out to make sure that there are more special education materials available for the teachers. And we actually make most of our videos free to teachers of the blind and deaf uh, through our partnership with the described and captioned media program, dcmp.org. They uh, offer free videos of our books and much more uh, to teachers of the blind or deaf or parents of the blind or deaf. You just have to register for access to them. And they're just a wonderful resource at DCMP. Dot org, uh, and there are our close partners in this uh, project. Thank you. Do you have any new projects that you want to share with listeners? Well, I briefly mentioned the Storybooks Club, and we're very proud of that because on our website, uh, imaginationstorybooks.org, uh, we now have the ability for anyone to join our club, it's $9.99 a month or $99 a year, and get access to these accessible video books, our podcasts, our audio versions. We actually do three different versions of every book, one with sign language, one without, and then the audio version. Um, and this is the way we're hoping to reach many, many more parents and children um, we have an option that's interesting on our website. Uh, we are loading up the text of the stories where you can translate it into 100 different languages. Um, just by clicking on a button, you will get the Spanish version, the French version, the Chinese, Russian, um, you name it, Ukrainian version of, of the stories with audio description, the text of it. Uh, so that is something else we're offering in this Storybooks Club. Wow, that's extraordinary. Richard Ryman, thank you so much for the work that you do. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much, Diana, and thank you for all that you do. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Beyond Awareness, Disability Awareness That Matters. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can also follow me, Diana, on Instagram at Diana Pastora Carson and at facebook.com slash go beyond awareness, or go to my website for more information at www.dianapastoracarson.com. Links to my books and resources can be found at dianapastoracarson.com slash store. For your free Beyond Awareness resource called 
how to talk about disability with kids, simply go to gobeyondawareness.com slash talk. Podcast transcription and podcast guest information can be found in the show notes. Intro and outro music provided courtesy of my son, Emmanuel Castro. Thank you again. Be well, be a lifelong learner, and let's be inclusive. See you next time. Arriba